The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. This is Eastern Carolina's longest-running sports radio show. The Brian Bailey Show is on the air. The Brian Bailey Show is powered by Greenville Utilities and also brought to you by Angus Grill, Bostic Sug Furniture, Bojangles, East Coast Grading, Papa John's, Pepsi, Seared Chop House, Taft Taft and Hagler, Tiebreakers, and Greenville Auto World. And now, here's Brian Bailey. All right, happy Monday, everybody. Welcome into our show. It is a happy Monday if you're a Pirate baseball fan because East Carolina came up with the three-game sweep over Cincinnati, winning all three games, 9-7 on Friday, 4-3 on Saturday, 6-3 on Sunday. Colby Bortles, East Carolina Volunteer Assistant Coach, is live in the studio with us. We'll take your questions and comments on our Facebook page as well. But, Colby, first of all, welcome to the show, and congratulations on the big sweep. Hey, thanks. It was a uh, good weekend for the Pirates. We're going to find out exactly what Colby does because his his time title is volunteer assistant but he does a whole lot of work around there so it's anything but volunteer he's live in the studio we'll take our first break and come back with our show for you right after this You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities, providing reliable utility solutions to the Greenville region since 1905. Now, back to the show. Hi, welcome back to our show. Colby Bortles, East Carolina Volunteer Assistant Coach. He works with the outfielders and assists with the hitters for East Carolina. Pirates are 27-18, and 11-4 in the American Athletic Conference after the three-game sweep over the Cincinnati Bearcats. Uh, great baseball from this weekend. We're going to kind of dissect the series and, and that kind of thing thing go over the the future for east carolina pirate baseball because pirates have a pretty good schedule coming up it's hard to believe colby we we don't even think about it when you're in the middle of it but you guys have played so many road games and cliff brought it up last week you know we played more road games at this time of the year than we've ever played you know yeah it is crazy and uh you know it's definitely good this weekend to get back home in front of the you know pirate fans and having that uh you know loud atmosphere um, you know, really helped us helped us out. And, you know, we talk about it all the time, but going on the road and beating somebody in their own place is also fun. So, you know, it's, but it was good for us to get back home and, uh, you know, get those three conference wins under our belt and, um, you know, looking forward to heading to Memphis. You know, at East Carolina, it's one of those situations where when you play at home, you know you're going to have good crowds and, and lots of noise. When you go on the road, in, in most sports, you don't know what you're going to get. Usually it's not nearly as, as, as energetic and as fired up as it is at East Carolina. So, so playing on the road is completely different. Oh, 100%. You know, Coach Godwin talks about it all the time. You, when you play on the road, you got to make your own breaks. You know, you're not going to get the call that you want. You're not going to, you know, you can't expect anything to go your way. So you got to make your own breaks on the road and, um, you know, basically take it to them. All right. Also, as part of your job is the, uh, the the camps coming up, summer, fall, winter camps. We're going to go over those dates coming up in just a few minutes because we want to get that word out there because that's very important to uh, the entire East Carolina baseball program. But as a volunteer assistant coach, you know, at your age, you know, when you're trying to get started, it's it's one of those stepping stones that, that most coaches have to go through. Right. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I love it. I love it. I spend a lot of time, um, you know, at the, at the office and at the field just, you know, doing whatever I can um you know making the scouting reports and you know helping coach Godwin with the hitters positioning the outfielders um 
you know, coaching the catchers. So, you know, any 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 part I can do, um, you know, to help to help ECU out, I'm all for it. And when you look at, at the coaching staff, I mean, obviously Coach Godwin is on a pedestal here. He's done such a great job at East Carolina in his whole career. But you kind of look where he started and how he rose through the ranks. And then you got a guy like Jeff Palumbo, who's, who's very well respected everywhere. I mean, he's he's his right hand man. And then you know you see what goes on with with Austin Knight, who you know comes up when you guys have somebody leave and he comes right up rises up so you kind of see how how guys you know are working with this this organization yeah absolutely and um you know coach godwin has done an unbelievable job here and you know coach palumbo though those are two guys that you know i i look up to and you know learn from on a daily basis so it's you know really fun and exciting to be in the office with them every day and learn from them and really you look at it it's, it's almost like you think about those guys that, that those are guys that, that you know if you're a sponge and you just soak it up, you know you're going to learn something because you know how much experience they have and what they've been through and that kind of thing. So when you, when you walk in, it's one of those jobs that you have that, that you, you wake up and get out of bed in the morning thinking, hey, time to go. and Let's, let's go to work. Let's have a smile on my face Absolutely. and let's go because you know something good's going to happen. Absolutely. And when you look at, at, at this Pirate baseball team so far this year, obviously you guys have had some bumps in the road. What I've noticed and what I've really thought of as a program is that when you've gotten these big curveballs, like like the Carson Wizard Hunt situation and now the Jake Kuchmaner situation, but Cliff and, and Palumbo and Austin and you guys, Coach Boris, you all kind of molded this thing together. It's not, you know, how you how you start, it's how you finish, and you got a team that's that's you know playing good baseball. And they do whatever it takes to win. You know, you don't have a starting pitcher that goes out there and goes seven or eight, but you've got pitchers that go in and get their job done. Sometimes, you know, they give up a hit or a run, and, and Coach Godwin makes a switch. But they, they've been able, as a coaching staff, you've been able to manufacture a team that still is atop the American. That's right. That's right. You know, things happen, um, you know, throughout the season and before the season. And, um, you know, we can't go back and change, you know, what, what, what has happened. So the only thing we can do is put our best foot forward and, you know, continue on these these are the guys we had these are the players um that we're working with every day on a daily basis and we're going to get those guys better and we're going to win baseball games and we're going to talk about those guys later on because i'd like to hear a story about each one of them because they all have you know this pirate baseball program has always had kids that really they, they embrace their community and they haven't had a chance to embrace that community over the last couple of years because of covid but they still do you know, when the fans come out and the kids get to run the bases and all that kind of stuff like that i mean it's really it's neat to see those guys because I think to a man, those pirate players kind of think back when they were that age, and that's what they wanted to do. You know, go on the field, the big field, and run around the bases and that kind of thing. So that's got to be. And you do a lot of stuff with with guys too, trying to to, to get them in, out in the community as well. Right, absolutely. No, um, you know, one of my I was telling Austin today, one of my favorite you know parts after a Sunday win is you know watching all the kids run around and you know seeing our guys play with some high yeah. fives, shaking you know signing autographs. So that's an that's an awesome thing and um you know previously i was the director of operations so trying to get guys out in the community doing their different things um you know with our players going to elementary schools and things like that just to you know ha- ha- have a little bit of presence in the community and see you know that you know we we, we like to give back and, and want to help out 
All right, let's go through the series. East Carolina with the sweep over the Cincinnati Bearcats. So let's let's talk about game one. Carter Spivey was the story on the mound. Goes four and a third, gave up a run. He's now 4-0 on the season. And the job that he's been able to do with, with some of the problems that, you know, that have circulated, you know, pitching-wise, he's going to be kind of the, the solidifying factor for these guys. Yeah, Spivey's been unreal. <clears throat> He's been he's been amazing for us, you know. Whenever we need him, um, you know, kind of the stopper, the stopper guy that you know that we have coming out of the pen, and you know, it just seems like when he goes in the game, things you know seem to relax a little bit. You know, the defense plays better. We can get back in the dugout quickly, and you know, get our offense rolling. So when he's in the game, usually good things happen. And Coach Godwin was talking about that last night in his post game press conference. That you know, a couple of weeks ago, everybody was saying, "Where's the offense?" Now you know, and that the offense is definitely here, and the pitching staff is. It's kind of a piecemeal type deal where Austin's having to take pieces, and, and I'm sure Coach Godwin's right in the middle of it trying to take pieces and matchups and that kind of thing because you got a lot of arms and you might as well use them all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a um, you know a little bit of a chess match that, that Austin and Coach Godwin play. Um, you know, every game and trying to figure out what what the best matchup is for you know a team like Cincinnati who's you know really offensive. They can hit it really yeah. offensive. So um, you know, especially with the game. Like on Sunday, where you just know since he's going to make a move, they're going to you know make a push late late in the game, and you know uh, we did a good job just using our staff and Austin and Coach uh, Godwin, you know, just really good job using using different guys, different matchups. Friday night, Josh Moreland had three hits. Uh, all it's the eight of the nine starters all had a hit in the game. Moreland's a guy who got off to a slow start, and good to see him. You know, he, he's coming around. Yeah, no, absolutely. Moreland's one of our Josh is one of our best hitters. So you know, at some point you know he's going to turn it around right so we always expected that we always knew that and you know i think at this point just having you know confidence on a daily basis going out there and he knows you know you look up at the scoreboard and see your average so that's not a great feeling but yeah you know knowing that you can do it um on a daily basis and having that confidence in yourself that you know you are one of the best hitters in the country pirates win game one nine seven from friday night uh, amac had a two-run homer in the seventh inning in that game as well on saturday game two uh, the pirates take the series uh, with a four to three win ben terwilliger comes up four strikeouts and three innings pitched and, and in that game that was just one of those nail biters that either team could have won but the pirates were able to pull it out yeah absolutely what a game um you know it was fun to be a part of i was um thinking about it on the car ride over here but um you know it just felt like we we bryson gets on um you know josh is up um and you just you kind of feel the crowd coming into it a little bit and you just expect good things to happen um josh hits the ball hard in the hole and then you know we end up scoring and it's just you know you 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 kind of thank the pirate fans for getting us going a little bit you can feel them and you know i know our dugout feels them and just the energy that they bring so um really good game and um you know it's a tough one tough one to win but we got it done and coach godwin uh, he complimented the crowd as well after that game in his post-game press conference before three was that final so then the camouflage caps came out for sunday when the pirates go for a sweep they wear the camouflage caps and they were able to get the sweep and bryson world was a story in game three wasn't he absolutely loved camo hats and you know bryson had a really special day um hitting a home run from both sides of the plate probably one of the coolest things you can do as a switch hitter um but yeah a really special day hit two balls extremely far (laughs) he did i mean he nailed both of those balls and uh, defensively he came up with a couple of nice plays i mean he he was he's all over the place yeah, out there. Made an unreal catch going back. Um, you know, a little bit <laughs> 
tried to try to creep him in a little bit. Told him I'm sorry uh, that I had, to, I had to make him go back there to make that catch. But just a you know great catch, and he had a great game yesterday. Is that one of those things? He comes in the dugout, and you have to go over to him and tell me I brought you in a little too yeah, far. Almost. No, thanks, thanks for picking me up, Bryce. I appreciate that. That's good stuff. But uh, and and each, I mean, when you guys go to the scouting reports, I mean, I don't think any of us understand the complexity of those scouting reports. But if, and when you're in the dugout, and I've had a chance to be in the dugout in, in the photographer's well right there i like to go down there not only just to shoot but just to listen and to watch you know the you know, coaches giving the signs and trying to p- put people back why do you move somebody over here why do you shift here that kind of thing but uh, it's really complex isn't it yeah it is it is you know we have a um um you know pretty de- detailed report on every hitter every pitcher so you know we, we never feel um, you know, overwhelmed or anything like that when somebody new comes in the game. Um, you know, Coach Godwin does a really good job of watching the pitchers and, you know, making sure that we're going to we're gonna have our guys to have the best success based on, you know, what we have watched. And just from their hitters' standpoint, Austin Knight does a really good job in watching them. And then, of course, um, me and Coach Palumbo do a good job. You know, he shifts the infield. And then I, uh, me and Coach Godwin move the outfield around. So we watch them. And, you know, it, ta- it takes a, l- a little bit of a time, but, you know, it's uh, – rewarding when it when it works out how, how much in advance do you have the the scouting reports and how hard for example for this week you guys go to memphis friday saturday sunday you don't have a midweek game so that helps but but how, how long does it take you guys to get those scouting reports together um takes a good bit of time um takes a good bit of time i was telling somebody the first weekend uh, I did for Brian it took me you know like two days and I was like I you know I can't <laughs> can't, can't can't take t- me two days so I had to speed it up a little bit but you know definitely having no midweek um, helps um, so we're putting the putting that together today and hopefully have it done you know earlier this week and when you're putting that together what all goes into it um, a lot of stats, every stats, you know, the pitchers have. Um, and then basically I'll watch the video, what their times are from first, you know, with the guy on first, if it changes when a guy's on second, um, just all the pitches, pitch um, sequencing, how, how many, um, you know, how many sliders they throw in a 1-1 count, change-ups, anything like that, anything that, you know, is big enough where we can, you know, basically tell our hitters and, um, you know, and then we dive a little bit deeper, what's the best approach off this guy and, you um, you know how how can we have success? And then when you guys talk to the players, I mean, are you guys in like I always envision like the quarterback room and, and you know the X's and O's that go up and everything. But you guys go into meetings with the players and and kind of divide those guys up and kind of go over things. Yeah, we have a hitters meeting and a pitchers meeting um, before every game. So you know whoever the starting pitcher is for for the day, we you know print out a a piece of paper, put it up on the. Um, you know the the TV in the team room, and you know, kind of go over what's the approach for today. What does he do well, and what 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 can we um, you know attack him with? All right, East Carolina wins over Cincinnati six three in the uh, third game of the series, highlighted by when Coach Godwin was ejected, and and we kind of joked before we went on the air, but I really feel like a good argument is much better than calling timeout and getting the umpires together than two of them going behind a screen and looking at a video and then they come back and and i was asking you about the call in raleigh the other night i, I mean it just it, it's baffling to me that when they go back to review it and it's not just an obvious sometimes they're an obvious error right. sometimes it's an easy you know you, you see the the 
runner at first, and he plants on the bag, mm-hmm. and then the ball hits his glove. So you know he's safe. But some of these things, you know, you just can't tell. And to overturn something when you can't tell. And you were telling me that, that they were told you the other night, they kind of pieced something together. Right, right. Um, yeah, no, it's weird. Review is, um, you know, it's kind of becoming a little bit of a um, – it just almost seems like a waste of time. You right. Know? It's, it takes a lot of time, and nine times out of ten, they don't change anything. So, like we were talking earlier, you know, the human element of it. You yeah. miss a call, I want to yell at you, and yeah, instead of, uh, you know, everybody just going back and looking at it. Um, so, yeah, no, it's definitely different. And, um, you know, the play, the play at NC State, I thought – should have went our way and it didn't. So you know, it's just one of those things. Yeah, and and it's just so you know the play against Cincinnati that, that Coach Godwin was arguing about. You know, it couldn't be reviewed as you were telling me. The rule says a foul, fair foul can't be reviewed unless it goes by the bag. Yeah, it's got to go. So that's the, the only. So they couldn't review that. And I think in looking at it, and obviously I don't know exactly the whole thing, but it looked like Coach Godwin was just asking for help. Can mm-hmm. you just get help? They get help on every call. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it looks like if they get a ball strike call, they might get help on. But they get help on everything they do, and then the guy says, no, I'm not going to get help. And, and to yeah. me, you know, if you're an umpire, part of your job is to try to keep control of the situation. And what harm would it have been? All he had to do was say, Coach, I'll get help. He walks up to the other umpires and goes, look, I don't need your help. I'm, I'm making the call, but I'm going to tell I'm going to tell God when I'm, I'm asking yeah. for help. But act like you guys agree with me. And then they would have said, okay, we agree. And he goes back, yeah. it's over with, because he got his help but that he really didn't get. Would have diffused the situation. Exactly. Yeah. How hard would that have been? Yep. Now, hopefully, he would have gone over to the guys and said, "Hey, Coach Godwin wants to help. Do you guys see anything and do it the right way?" But right. we all know that you know that things happen in so, baseball. Sure and things did. happen like that. But but yeah, just just to diffuse the whole situation because it didn't. And sometimes you know as well as I do, and not with just Coach Godwin, but with anybody <clears throat> that that some coaches want to get thrown out for a certain reason. They just they, they're going to that's their goal right then. That was not his. You could tell his goal was just to get some help and maybe get that call reversed because. It was a strange play. Now, if it had been reversed, we'd have seen the Cincinnati coach ejected, I yeah, think, because yeah. he'd have, he lost, he have yeah. lost two outs. Yeah. So, you know, maybe he was danged if he did and danged if he didn't. But uh, I just think in that situation that, that all you're asking for is an umpire to, to get some help. And I and if he if he's honest about it, it goes over and says, fellas, you know, coach wants some help. I think I got it. What did you see? And if the one of the other umpires says, you know, it was blatantly a foul ball, then, right. then he's got to think about that. But but, yeah, I just uh, yeah, that's all he wanted in that situation. Right. Just a little bit of helping, you know. That's why there's four umpires out there. You can't one one guy can't make every call. So right, you, you know, sometimes uh, help help is warranted. Yeah. So it was, but it was it's fun. I, I, I'm one of those guys that likes to see a good argument. Oh so, yeah. So I, I missed that in baseball. <laughs> I was I was I, I told you that I was out of town, so I came back and I'd, I'd read about it. So I got on ESPN Plus last night and rewound it and kind of queued it up and. Uh, showed the whole family, and we, we all thought it was fun. Oh, we yeah. were rooting hard for Coach God. We kept rewinding. Maybe maybe they changed their mind, but they kept doing the same thing. So, All right, Colby Bortles is live in the studio with us. Let's take another commercial break. We'll continue talking Pirate Baseball after a sweep over Cincinnati. Back with more after this. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities. Community-owned, community-powered. Now, back to the show. 
All right, welcome back to our show on this Monday. Pirates coming off that sweep over Cincinnati, and now East Carolina has three road games left on the schedule. Three games at Memphis coming up this weekend. The Tigers are 5-10 and 10 in the American and 20-21 and 21 overall. Then East Carolina comes home for a slew of games, eight of them, versus Duke, and then South Florida for three. Campbell comes to town, and then Houston for three. And that Houston series is a Thursday-Friday-Saturday series, kind of like the uh, Easter series. Uh, they go Thursday-Friday saturday so everybody can get down to uh, clearwater florida for the american tournament what do you think of clearwater you like going down there for the tournament love it i yeah. think it's a uh, great spot yeah. um you know right out there on the water playing um i think it's philly spring it's the phillies yeah clearwater threshers i think is the uh, yeah. the minor league team it's a part of the philadelphia phillies organization that's where their spring training headquarters is and it's really a really a nice uh nice area the one year we were down there the weather was bad so they had to double up games and we were playing on backfields mm, and yeah. yeah it was a little different that yeah. year but uh, if the weather stays clear, it's really, uh, if you get a chance to go to Clearwater, really make that trip down there and watch some pirate baseball. Plenty of seats because uh, it doesn't draw all that well because the teams come from all over right. you know, all over the place. But still, those that can get there, I think they enjoy. I think all the parents really enjoy going oh, yeah. down there because they get a chance to go to the beach and, right. and that kind of And if the pirates win a game, sometimes Cliff gives them some beach time. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They got to like that. All right. We're talking with uh, Colby Bortles. His brother, by the way, is Blake Bortles, former uh, North Carolina. Uh, NFL quarterback. I got him all over the place from UCF, one of the UCF's uh, best players ever. The third overall pick of the 2014 NFL draft. What was it like when he was playing ball and getting drafted and that kind of thing? Because he just had the NFL draft. But what was like that like for you as a you know, that's that's your brother? Um, yeah, it was it was awesome. Yeah, um, it would be the probably the first word I could think of. Little little um, you know, it's weird seeing you know your brother on TV every day, and you know I was at Ole Miss and you know scouted all the combine stuff and you know you, you you turn on ESPN and you see UCF Pro Day and everything's about Blake and all that so it, it was definitely weird at first but you know awesome and you know he's been he's been great to me and um you know he's he, you know it continues to do the right thing so it's awesome to see does he keep up with you and the Pirates oh yeah all, yeah. Uh, yeah he was at uh he was at the UCF game when we went down there okay. um you know in his in his pirate gear so we actually went <laughs> yeah. to um we, I went down to Orlando. He got inducted in the UCF Hall of Fame okay. when ECU was down there, and I was like, I have to, I'm wearing an ECU shirt. And he was like, Well, I, you know, <laughs> I'm not taking you on the field if you're wearing an ECU shirt. So, um, yeah, but no, awesome. Yeah, that's good stuff. Good stuff. All in the family, right there. How many family members do you have then? Just him, just, just older brother. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, good for the uh, Bortles. Lots of uh, sports, I guess, you guys growing up. Oh, yeah. I'm off to all of Everything them. was a competition. That's yeah, right. That's good. And you were the little one, so yeah, you probably got beat on pretty good, didn't you? <laughs> no doubt. All right. Kobe Bortles, volunteer assistant coach for East Carolina. Let's go over those uh, camp dates for everyone. The summer camp for East Carolina and, and the ages and that kind of thing. Yeah, summer camp. So it's, um, you know, ages 6 to 13. Um, we have the first one is going to be um the middle of June? Yeah, it's going to be June 27th. Okay, in June, June 27th week, and then the second one will be July 17th, um, and then the third one's the week after that. So okay. um, pretty excited about it. Um, uh, you know, everybody's uh, seemed to register. There's, you know, flyers posted all around the stadium, and, you know, really looking forward to it. This is um, my first year doing it, so Austin's kind of giving me the, uh, you know, giving me the book, giving me the instructions. Um, so really excited about it and um, looking forward to looking forward to it. 
Is there a website? Is it Cliff Goblin Camps? Cliff Goblin Baseball Camps.com. Cliff yeah, Goblin Baseball Camps.com. Sign up on there. Yeah, you can go to the website, get the exact dates and that kind of thing, and you can sign up there. And that means a lot to I know to you and to the baseball program, but and really for the kids themselves to get to come out and uh, and and be around the pirate baseball players. I mean, this is a unique community where. You know, we're kind of small in nature, but you can c- come out and play ball with a Zach Agnos or a Lane Hoover and that kind of thing. Absolutely. You know, we're going to have players again working it this year, and, you know, there, there'll be, um, you know, a bunch of different players past and current players work in so you know have a couple high school coaches around but the you know the greenville community loves ecu baseball and you know it's you know really a reward to them to come out and you know see the guys and you know maybe maybe give a little instruction but more importantly have some fun and it gets hot that time of the year you guys bring the slip and slide out don't oh you? yeah friday <laughs> that's big the best slip and slide it? day yeah <laughs> everybody loves that does coach do that coach godwin he, yeah he's he done does. it a couple yeah, times I bet he before. has yeah working hard got to get a little wet yeah get out there on the slip and slide but yep. those uh, again cliff godwin camps uh cliff godwin baseball camps.com for yep. that, that website so check that out if you have a young one that might be interested uh into the uh, camp situation all right let's take a look with three weeks to go the standings east carolina 11 and 4 one game lead over houston and ucf at uh, 10 and 5 and 10 and 5 the pirates have the tiebreaker over ucf and the pirates will play the houston cougars the last three games of the regular season and that series could come down to you know the, the um, American regular season championship but still we've got some baseball to be played Tulane is nine and six they're two games behind the Pirates right now Cincinnati comes in at seven and eight Memphis at five and ten South Florida and Wichita State both at four and eleven uh, when you look at the records now I know this is one of those things this is some of that poison that coach Godwin will talk about but when you look at the schedule Pirates have Memphis at the bottom of the standings USF at the bottom of the standings and then Houston who's very much at the top the problem with with the, the American, well, not a problem, but the situation is you play three games. So Cincinnati was swept. If Cincinnati had swept East Carolina, they'd be at the top. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just where you're looking at. And every game is so critical, but you have to take those games one game at a time. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And everybody's up there at the top. And, you know, any weekend could swing it the other way. So, um, you know, that's what we talk about all the time taking, taking it one game at a time, one pitch at a time. And, you know, continuing to play our brand of baseball is going to have, a, you know, the most success. And we were talking about this during the commercial break but the season is a marathon i mean i mean we were talking about the opening weekend it seems like it was a year and a half two years you know ago but all of a sudden when you get down to this time of the season you kind of can see the ending and you can kind of say hey you know you've got to win some games you got to get to postseason because the season is quickly winding down right right coming down to the you know back stretch here so you know you look at the schedule and you know we're, we're really excited to go on the road and you know take play memphis but you know you we're just trying to take it one game at a time and then we know if we play our brand of baseball and do the things that we want to do it'll take care of itself well let's talk about some of the players for this east carolina baseball team and give us some insight maybe uh i'm really a fan of a bunch of these guys but like a guy like zach agnos who at one point is at third base in his career and then the schedule is for him to go to second base now he's at shortstop and he does it all really really well and then if you need somebody to get somebody out you know coach goblin brings his glove out and so Okay, mm-hmm. give me an out, big boy. Got to yeah. have it. And and he's able to do everything, and he does it with a smile on his face. Oh, sure does. He's always laughing, always talking. I love Zach. And, you know, talk about a, a really good athlete that can play any position on the field and, and then get you a save when he, when he needs to. So, you know, he's unbelievable. You know, great second baseman, great third baseman, great shortstop. So any anywhere we put him, you know, he, he always does the job. And 
uh, has gotten hot with the bat lately. Much better player than his brother, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Jake. Jake may listen to that. I, I, I fell in love with that Agnos family you know, years ago when Jake was just uh, you know what he did on the mound for East Carolina and some of the big games that he pitched in. Oh, I mean, yeah. It was just amazing. And then to see Zach come along and, and just the career that he's had. And as you said, he's heating up with the bat where every time he's at the plate, you know he's going to put the bat on the ball right now. And, and more times than not, he's going to get a hit. Oh, it's it's special right now. He's having really good at-bats. And, um, you know, it's it's fun to watch him. He, the way he goes about his business every day, um, you know, taking care of his stuff and, you know, just doing it the right way. And I think he's, you know, really evolved into a leader and the young guys kind of look up to him and see, you know, see how it's supposed to look. And, you know, that leadoff batter for East Carolina under Cliff Goblin's regime, it kind of fluctuates with, with the type of player that he wants up there. Sometimes, you know, he'll put a Bryson Whirl in that slot or he'll put, you know, a Brian Packer was in that slot for a while. I mean, I mean, he'll put the theory. I think is is I'm gonna put my best hitter up there and give him the most at bats. You know, with with Zach, I mean, you've got not a prototypical leadoff hitter, but but you know, pretty close to it. Wouldn't you think? Yeah, no, I think he. Um, you know, any 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 spot in the order, I think Zach would have success in. Right. I think you know, it's just about comfort comfortability and you know who's going to have the best success after the you know you got lane hoover behind zach you got um jc behind him so just the the order just how you know you have success with who's hitting after him so um but he's done a really good job and putting the batting order together is kind of a process because we'll always ask you know in the preseason like what's your batting order going to be like but it's more or less a process that you have to kind of you know tweak some things along the way and to get it like you like it and then once you get it like you like it you know a coach will switch it up every once in a while in some you know slots but really i think right now at the top especially and lane hoover just the way he goes about his business i mean he can he's got to be like a gnat to other other mm. teams i mean he's all over the place he's such a, a hustler he can get on anyway i kind of compared him to like like you know in fast pitch softball the slappers i mean mm-hmm. you know and they get a running start and slapping the ball and but he beats the ball on the ground or he'll he'll hit it in a gap or he'll he just does everything yeah he sure does and i, I teams hate pitching to him yeah right? they got he's, to he's a pest and you know he's um Thing about Lane Hoover, he's he's got some juice in there. He he's got a, he's got a lot of uh, a lot of strength, and you know he's had some doubles this year that you know he's hit the ball in the gap, and you know it just kind of helps him out. It opens up the field a little bit more for him, so he can go back to those line drives over the shortstop, and um, you know the bunts, and you know the infield hits, and he's just you know a pest up there at the plate. He really handles the bat so very well. It's hard to find guys that can handle the bat that well, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and uh, you know he does a good job. With, with anything that we do um, you know he's a good bunner he can slash he can you know just put pressure on the defense in different ways and you know especially when Zach's over there at first base and you got Hoover up you got to play the infield a little differently so just it opens up things does he look at, at situations when he goes to bat that he knows a pitcher you know if, if a pitcher's known for staying low in the strike zone he knows he can go and, and beat one in the dirt or, or you know does he look at all those those situations or is it kind of like a more situational where coach will give him the sign and he just does what the sign says yeah i think it's more more of the sign and you know hoover's done 
many many things at the plate for us um you know just including bunt slash and all that stuff but he you know he's just trying to look for a pitch that he can handle um whether he beats it in the ground then he's getting he's gonna run hard and probably get on first but he's trying to look for a pitch to get, that he can handle and hit through the middle of the field i remember the year lane got hurt late in the year and and you know you could almost tell that, that this is gonna hurt our lineup because lane's not in it and Last obviously year. yeah yeah, yeah. That, mm-hmm. and and i mean it really and it and it does have an effect because he's so good at everything yeah it is and um, you know that was last year, and you, you, you're just missing your spark plug. Yeah. You know, um, you know who's who's our spark plug, and he does you know things the right way. And when he's on base, good things happen. Yeah, he's a great, great player, fun to watch. Jacob Jenkins Coward, he was in the middle of that uh, uh, little skirmish when <laughs> when Coach Godwin got tossed. He was at first you could tell he was kind of like I'm gonna try to keep my coach out of trouble. And then he kind of he kind of got away. And said, Look, this is not my fight. <laughs> but he, he, I tell you what, he's hit some balls this year. That, that may never be found. I mean, he's hit some bombs. He sure has. He sure has. He, you know, he's done a really good job with, um, you know, sticking to sticking to his plan. And Coach Godwin has worked with him throughout the fall. And, you know, he's kind of, uh, you know, maturing as, as a young freshman, maturing into, you know, the hitter that we want him to be. Um, you know, he hit, he, I think it was at Cincinnati, hit a ball off their, their basketball arena. So, yep. um, you I, know, I he's saw definitely, that one. He's definitely got some power in there for sure. He does some of those low pitches, and he goes down and gets them. And, you know, as a pitcher, you got to be thinking if I keep it low, they're not going to do too much with it. But he, not, he does a lot him. with yep, it. Yeah, absolutely. He does a lot with it. Colby Bortles live in the studio with us on this Monday after a pirate sweep over Cincinnati with like another commercial break. Back with more on our show on the Brian Bailey Show on Pirate Radio on this Monday after this. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities. Community-owned utilities mean local control, low rates, and high reliability. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to our show. Volunteer assistant coach Colby Bortles for East Carolina Pirate Baseball is our guest. Pirates with that sweep this past weekend go to 27-18 and 18 on the year and 11-4 and four in the American Athletic Conference. And uh, I like to say it like this, the Pirates are right where we all expect them to be. And sometimes, and I think Cliff's right, we do take things for granted around here because we just take it for granted that the Pirates are going to be up near the top and it's not that easy, is it? No, it sure isn't. It's hard to win hard to win college baseball games. Yeah. So, um, you know, they we've had a lot of success in the past and had a, have a lot of great players um, in the past and right now. So, you know, it's hard to win baseball games and, and, and we're, you know, just trying to win, take one pitch at a time. All right, we're going down the line. I'm kind of getting an idea of some of the guys, give you some insight. But Bryson Worrell had the big day yesterday and as you said, one of the cool things about hitting... Now, being a switch hitter, if you hit a home run on both sides of the plate, he pulled that off yesterday. Yeah, it's awesome. Awesome. I w- I'd never experienced that. I only hit right-handed, but that's got to be a cool feeling. Um, you know, usually I talk to um, Joey Barini, who's also a switch hitter, and he, he says he just feels like he never has, you know, the perfect, he never feels great from both sides. Um, you know, one one time it's, he feels good from lefty, the other time he feels good from righty. So, um, you know, it, it's hard to switch hit. There's a lot of work that goes into it. You know, you're basically hitting – Hitting twice, hitting basically. Twi- hitting yeah. twice every every round and, and certain stuff like that that we do pregame. So, um, you know, he had a big day and hit, hit those two balls a long ways. And he's got so much talent that the sky's the limit pretty much. I mean, he's got a, he, he's loaded. Yeah, he sure is. He's got every tool that you can have, you know. He's a you know, great center fielder, runs well, throws well, can hit from both sides of the plate, can hit for average, can hit for power. So, you know, he, he's really fun to watch. And when it's clicking, it's awesome. And we talked about Josh Moylan a little bit earlier in the year. Got 
off to a little bit of a slow start, but really he's coming on and and he, he's a lot of fun to watch because he can hit the baseball. Sure is. He he's great to watch, and you know we talked about the, a little bit of a rough start, but he, he's really coming on. You know he sees pitches um, probably better than anybody on our team. You know just you know putting pressure on him. Um, you know he t- has good takes on pitches out of the zone that you know a lot of people would swing at, right? So he, he he's done a really good job, and you know like I said before, just the confidence part of Josh and, and and having all the confidence in the world. Some of the other players, I think, that, that kind of stay under the radar a little bit, but they've, they've had some really outstanding games. Jacob Stallings comes to mind because he's really solidified in that middle of the infield. Yeah, he has. He's done a good job, you know, kind of taking ownership in, the, in that position and, you know, playing great defense day in and day out and, you know, has good at-bats, um, you know, has was really hot early and then kind of faded off a little bit but now he's coming back and you know just that that's what we kind of preach one through nine to have consistent good at bats um down up and down the order you know teams are going to be a little bit feared feared of you to scared of you to pitch that you know have that consistent best good offense Alec Makarevich had the two-run shot in Game One against Cincinnati, and Amac, uh, he really, he really does a great job defensively down at third. He can also hit the baseball. Sure does, unbelievable third baseman. Um, you know, makes makes great plays, and makes them look easy. Um, but yeah, another guy, switch hitter, who's you know done a really good job, works hard at it, and. Um, you know, Coach Goblin has worked hard with him, and, and he's done a really good job. I think he's, you know, up there close with the RBI leader on our team. So, um, does a good job and gets the guys in. Talk about the catcher position a little bit because Ben Newton's come on and and he he's really got a little pop in his bat from the ninth slot. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. Sure does. And uh, you know he's a good hitter. He's a you know mature hitter. Kind of knows knows already what what the pitcher's trying to do and you know just kind of sticks to his plan. But he can for sure run one out of the yard at any moment. When you look at, at what Ryder Giles has done this year, because and and you kind of look at when you start, and we talked about the process you guys go through, but Ryder, you know, has has processed up until the, the Friday night starter pretty much, and and he has some little bit of struggles lately, but still the job that he's done on the mound, whenever you guys desperately needed it, I, I think that speaks volumes. Yeah, sure does. It's not easy. It's not easy. I mean, he was, you know this season playing shortstop every day and hitting for us and you know when we needed him to he was pitching and then you know it evolved into him starting and then evolved into him being the Friday guy so it, it's definitely not easy and credit to him for you know allowing us to do that you know somebody could have been no I want to play shortstop I want to you know that I don't I don't want to do this so credit to him for being selfless and you know kind of just taking that ownership and taking that role and whatever the team needs he's, he'll, he'll do. I know East Carolina likes to be known as two-way you because uh, you got the pitchers <laughs> yeah. that play infielder and infield and, and can do everything but but really when you look at, at what you guys have to go through that's what it is. Yeah no it's awesome and talk about talk about Agnos and just how athletic he is talking about Ryder you know one of the greatest defensive shortstops in the country just running out there on Friday night on the mound so you know just really athletic guys that you know coach palumbo and coach godwin recruit and you know whatever the team needs they'll help well what makes riders so difficult to hit as a hitter when you when you know when you know the ball's coming in there at 80 miles per hour what what makes him so difficult to hit i think it's just different it's extremely different i don't think anybody has ever seen um you know that from that arm angle it's definitely going to move a bunch it's going to sink and then on top of that he's got a slider that 
we'll move, you know, two feet, starting at the right-hander's back and, you know, moving in for a strike and then um, with the change-up. And, you know, he's he's throwing 83, 84, but everything can be for strikes. So he's keeping everybody off balance. And, you know, he does a good job letting the defense work. As a, as a position player, he played short. And, you know, when he when he was at shortstop, he wanted, you know, quick early contact so he right. could make plays and feel involved. So he has that kind of piece in his mind already that he wants to get the defense involved. So he works quickly and he's a good defensive player, obviously. And I, I saw a pop-up the other day and I thought, you know, the pitcher never goes for But in this situation, you want him <laughs> yeah, to call the pop-up. Ride or catch it. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Somebody get under him, Roger, yep. go ahead and take it. Because we've seen uh, plenty of those through the years. And the majors had a couple of problems. I think the Reds, the Reds are 3-18. and 18. Did I read that right? Today? <laughs> and they, they, they put on uh, social media like three or four pop-ups in a row that the Reds did see that, yeah. didn't, didn't play very well. It had to be tough wind. Yeah, yeah. I'd say it was something going on uh, with that. When you look at, at this team, as you sit here, the health of this team, is the team pretty healthy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, there's always some nicks and bruises going on, um, you know, as we get late in the season. But as a whole, we're healthy and, you know, we're excited to, to continue to play. I know the idea with uh, with Kuchmaner was to get him back this weekend. I talked to Cliff the other night and he said he really wasn't sure if that was going to happen and it didn't happen. Uh, I think with, with Cooch Maynard, it, it seems like that you don't want to bring him back too early because you really need him, you know, as the as the postseason, the American tournament, hopefully the NCAA regionals, but to hopefully he can get back out there because he brings just a maturity to the mound that, that you guys probably need. No, he sure does. Sure do. He sure does. And, and, you know, even when he's out, he brings, you know, that maturity and leadership into the dugout every day. So, you know, we're, we're happy to have him and, you know, wh- whenever, um, you know, he, he can get help and help us out on the mound, that'd be great. But he's done a good job kind of leading the dugout as well. The other thing that I've always talked to Coach Goblin about and Coach Palumbo about is the fact that, that you have to find roles for everybody. And everybody has to buy into their role. And it may not be their role for their entire career, mm-hmm. but it's their role for right now. Is that hard to do? Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be difficult for guys. I mean, everybody that you know has has come into the East Carolina right. program has been, you know, the guy at their star. high school, their star, yeah. star at the travel ball team. So it's definitely different. But you know, Coach Godwin does a really good job, just you know, getting getting guys to buy into to us, getting guys to buy into East Carolina baseball. Um, and, you know, eventually the young guys will be, you know, the stars right. on, on this team eventually in the next couple of years. So, but. How, how do we get the guys to buy in so we can have success now and not have self selfish players on, on our team? What did you know about East Carolina before you got here? Um, not a whole lot. Yeah. Not a whole lot. Coach Godwin recruited me um, to Ole Miss. So when he got the job at East Carolina, you know, I knew a little bit of it, but um, didn't know a whole lot first time I ever came here. Um, you know, it was kind of when I got the job. So, What do you think so far? I love it. I yeah. love it. Greenville's an awesome place, special place. Um, um, uh, it's a great, great town. Love, um, you know, obviously Friday nights at, at um, you know, with the pirate fans and the jungle going crazy is awesome. And, you know, it's a it's a cool place. I talked about it at the banquet this year when I was emceeing it, but one of the great sounds that you'll ever hear is a, is a Friday regional game whenever the pirates take the field because, you know, the place is absolutely packed and it's just, uh, you know, and Coach always says it gives him chill bumps to oh, think about absolutely. it. But it's just it's just really just a, a neat deal. And, you know, and maybe maybe we, I don't think we took it, take it for granted, but we just, just enjoy it so much and you know 
the Pirates have a shot every year that, that they can, you know, things happen, that kind of thing. But you just love the fact when they get a host of regional. That's that's really cool. But I will say one of the biggest thrills I've had in my broadcasting career was going to Charlottesville the year that East Carolina knocked yep. off Virginia and went to the uh, – Went to the super regionals from there. That was that was really cool winning on the road like that because they were the defending national champs and yeah, mm-hmm. you know so that was that was something else uh, for sure. All right, let's take our final break. Kobe Border is live in the studio with us. East Carolina volunteer assistant coach. We'll look at the schedule, kind of preview the rest of the way. We've got about seven minutes or so to go when we come back. Back with more to wrap things up with Coach Bortles after this. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities, working for our community, not for shareholders. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to our show as we wrap things up with Colby Bortles, East Carolina Volunteer Assistant Coach. Let's uh, talk about the summer and fall and winter camps again very quickly. You can go to the uh, website. The website again is? CliffGoblinBaseballCamps.com. CliffGoblinBaseballCamps.com, and you can check it out. You have got camps in the summertime. They go late June and into July. Uh, in the fall, there's a camp in the winter time winter time's around is it the christmas week when you guys will camp yeah we have a uh you know we call it the elite 100 or prospect camp okay. um, that we you know try to get high school guys come um you know um around and then we might also have a youth camp there as well okay. and, and when you think about camps i mean you know the way recruiting has gone in baseball now you know the camps are a big deal the aau teams some of the travel teams that's a big deal and of course the high school teams are a big deal right right whenever you can get um you know local guys that um are around greenville come to camp that's you know always a plus and then you know just any guys that you know we kind of want to look at a little bit more and have them around and, and then of course the youth camps just all about you know getting the guys in and seeing our players and um, kind of seeing our facilities and having fun. Alright Memphis is up next for East Carolina three game series starting this weekend. Have you started your scouting report on the Tigers yet? I looked at it this morning. Did you? I haven't, Good. Haven't, haven't um, you know, really dove in quite yet. And that scouting report, you guys you guys use video, you use stats, you use, you know, there's a whole lot of different tools that you guys use for that. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of um, video stats, obviously. Um, just kind of anything that we can find. Um, obviously, in the beginning of the year is a little, a little different, trying to look up high school video and stuff like that for, for those freshmen. But, you know, late in the year, it's, you know, pretty, pretty easy with the video. You can, um, you know, it's easy accessible and you can watch those guys and, and figure out oh, their tendencies and stuff like that. Got to look forward to coming home because the homestand is an eight-game homestand. It starts with Duke. That'll be a great you know atmosphere at Clark LeClaire Stadium that night. Yeah. Yeah, really looking forward to that and hopefully get the Pirate fans back back in there and um, you know pack the place out and having having great energy like we've had this weekend. South Florida comes to town 23 and 20 after that. They're, they're only 4 and 11 in the American and and you know you, you look I think fans have a tendency to look at records and that kind of thing. I think what players look at is what the information that you guys present them. I don't think and, and I know coach well enough that you know that the records don't doesn't matter. Here's here's what we got to do and we got to take care of our business and that's just what we got to do. Absolutely. You know, Coach Godwin says it all the time and says it the best. You, you got to take care of your own business. Can't worry about, um, you know, who we're playing and what they do well. You know, it's our job to figure that out. And, you know, the the, the simplest, um, you know, easiest, best version for them to, to attack the certain player, hitter, uh, pitcher, you know, works best for them. So when in doubt, keep it simple. And we got to take care of our business first. And, um, you know, we talk about it all the time, but you're playing yourselves in the game. 
And Campbell, of course, comes to town the next week, the final week of the regular season. And that final weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the Houston Cougars come to town. As we sit here with three weeks to go in the regular season, East Carolina 11-4, and Houston at 10-5. and And again, Central Florida is at 10-5. and The Pirates have the tiebreaker over Central Florida. It remains to be seen what happens between East Carolina and Houston. But what, what a great atmosphere that would be. A three-game series if the American regular season championship is on the line. I mean, man, that a... That'll get some fans out. Oh, absolutely! That'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a blast. When you uh, when you look at, at what's going on on a weekend, when you guys are playing, how much school board watching is going on? Do you, do you not worry about it all until you get back to the room and you kind of glance and see what everybody else did? Or yeah, just kind of after after the fact, after the game, um, you know, just kind of glance and, and see what happens. Just because you know you, you know these teams and um, you've played these teams, so they're just familiar, right? You know, you know what um, you know what players they have and the guys that have success against us and other teams so it's just kind of fun to watch and see how you know teams do against each other and obviously it's your conference and you're looking at that as well it'll be nice this week not to have a midweek game i would think yeah sure is sure is nice um you know nice get the guys an off day a little bit and you know have them have them fresh and ready to go and you got to go to rendezvous this weekend (laughs) at some point you got you got to get the boys some ribs at rendezvous at memphis absolutely get some good food there that'll be fun all right pirates at memphis for three and then home for eight duke usf for three campbell and then houston for three colby bortles our guest today coach thanks so much for joining us today we certainly enjoyed the conversation and uh can't wait to see you guys play some more baseball this has been a, a it's been an up and down season but i tell you what it's certainly on the upswing 27 and 18 in first place where the pirates should be 11 and 4 and the american season and uh three weekends still to go so coach thanks so much thanks for having me brian Appreciate that's it. colby bortles east carolina volunteer assistant coach and that is our show for today have your a great sports week and we'll see you back here next week on the brian bailey show this has been the brian bailey show powered by greenville utilities and also brought to you by angus grill Boston suck furniture bojangles east coast grady papa john's pepsi seared chop house tap tap and hagler tiebreakers and greenville auto world Join us next week for another edition of The Brian Bailey Show, right here on Pirate Radio 93.7.